1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I get the word that it's going to be, you know, Marty Friedman, Alex Skolnick, Richard, and Nuno. And I'm like, okay, now we've reached a level of ridiculous where I'm looking over at my record collection and going, I'm about to play with my record collection here. Like contribute to a song based on what I've been listening to for the last 30, 35 years. Like, Bizarre. A lot of players, what they would do is they would go, "Holy crap! It's Marty Friedman and Nuno. I better just run in there gunning, and I'm going to show them that I can play crazy, you know, arpeggios and all this stuff." And I thought they would hate that. They would absolutely hate that.
2: (laughs) Going on, guys. Welcome, welcome to uh, welcome to twenty twenty. The band is back together. Uh we're super pumped. Ben obviously, to Ben and Siobhan, mm-hmm. Corey here. We're all hanging out with our good buddy Kelly Carrollock. obviously of Lost Symphony, also of Prism Mind, also of Negus, also of Art Griffin's Sound Chaser. It's Soundchaser. his. It's his. It's his. And, awesome. uh, the Sound
3: Chaser of Art Griffin. <laughs> it's been it's it's
2: been a minute since uh we've had a band chat. So thank you. Indeed. Thank you for coming to hang back. Thanks for having me it i time. encourage everyone
0: who's watching though if you if you've never heard kelly play go to LawSymphony.com right now just go there even if you've heard him play go. you can still yeah do. even <laughs> if you've heard him play just go to loss and go listen go listen or, or find lost symphony on youtube it's probably the best thing like lost symphony music but the point is is that it's going to make this episode so much better for you because when you realize that we're talking to an actual like alien sent from outer
3: space just to play guitar like am from Canada to be more precise, <laughs>
0: it's my—it's might my as well. I mean, it's outer space as far as we're concerned. We're in Boston, so there you go. But I just want people to understand that it's disconcerting the level for which Kelly plays to the point where I, even our benefactor, who could care less about shred guitar, he doesn't does, doesn't know the difference between Marty Friedman and where Jeff Loomis ends. He, he, I think, he used the word Kelly is mesmerizing to watch. So if if taken from any out of touch sixty something year old. Kelly's mesmerizing I'll take it
3: <laughs> <laughs> that Canadian humility
0: right Exactly. <laughs> well, good to
1: see you guys Merry Christmas
3: yeah. Merry New Christmas Year. Happy New Year yeah. whenever this podcast airs yeah. <laughs> happy, happy
2: birthday for the last couple of years right yeah exactly. <laughs> we have we a yeah. lot to catch up on
1: and well that's exactly we, do, we definitely do
3: Well, so tell us, Kelly, what so what what is going on in your life right now? Like what is I mean, obviously, we're all friends and we're following you on all you you share so much on social media. You're a great teacher. You're you're great at doing all these videos and obviously an amazing guitar player. So tell us about like some of the things that are going on, what you're doing in the in the guitar life of yours.
1: Uh, Always looking for something new um, or learning something new. So let's see. Where do we start? I've started since I talked to you guys, I started um, a more lesson based YouTube channel. Um, which is mostly focusing on like evergreen content, right? So subjects that will never get old, subjects that will never um, not be relevant. And so that's up and running. And I am going to kick
3: into that even more this year. So what are some of those subjects though, just for anyone listening? Like what do you consider some of those subjects?
0: Before you go on, is a double negative, like a double flat or a double sharp? Because you just used a lot of double negatives and I'm confused already. (laughs) I don't know if I'm supposed to do it or not supposed to do it.
1: Um, now I'm confused even more as well. But
0: uh, <laughs> You said like, um, like, like definitely you, you were using double negatives, So I, I didn't know oh. if you meant the opposite of what you were saying.
1: I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing that. Apologize to all the, uh, <laughs> the English fanatics. But um, no, just, just, just basic stuff like certain technique things that someone might have a question about when they get started. Um, so it's not necessarily geared towards advanced players at all. So it's not like here's the craziest thing I know how to play. Let me show it to you and hope for the best. This is more like when you're when you're practicing. Let's say you're beginner, or intermediate. You have questions, right? Inevitably, it's like, am I doing this right, or how come I always run into this little roadblock? Um, so what I do is I just take what I've encountered in my thirty some years of teaching. I go, what's a common question I get? Right. So it's geared towards the things that I've run into with with people over and over and over again, and I just made videos about it essentially. So that, that's what that channel is mostly about.
0: So what stuff What stuff doesn't get old, Kelly? So like, realize I'm going to cut this up into a bunch of stuff and right. send it to you to, to post anyway. So why don't you give us a little synopsis for us dum-dums out here? Like, what, what do I need to learn about? Ben what just sh- literally gets stole old?
3: my question and repositioned it. But anyway, that, that's right. <laughs> it's, called wolf, it's called wolf packing, <laughs> buddy.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, for example,
1: um, there's a lot of people who think they know the notes on the fretboard well. They think they they have a good knowledge of the notes on the fretboard. And if you watch that particular video, the the title of which I don't recall right now, but it's one of the ones about learning the notes on the fretboard, um, the first thing you'll see is me playing every, I'm going to say it's F, every F on the neck in probably three seconds. From low to high, every string, every octave, boom. And I say, if you can't do that, like right now if you can't do that you don't know the notes on your instrument as well as you need to right? i feel
0: like you're my dad you don't know anything about notes i play guitar every day i don't know where all the Fs are so no, fuck you this is a really
3: good point though because in in my like of, of times that i've played with the guitar players i've noticed that a lot like as yeah. a violinist too because i remember being in school and you know we would do exercises in studio class that's so like know your fingerboard right yeah. where it's like okay find a you know, an F on, on the D string and whatever, you know, and you have to know what position and like find it immediately. And that's, yeah. that's a big part of it is like, you know, cause it, especially if you want to go into being a studio player or something or record stuff quickly, like if people are throwing stuff at you, you've got to know like where to find that note, how to adjust quickly. So that's, that's massive.
1: Well, there's, there is that. And and the thing too, is a lot of players, they sort of know the notes. And I can see, I'll, I watch them. I'll say, okay, what note is this? And I'll play the third fret on the, on the E string and it's a G. And I'll go, sh- like, where's another G? And they, I can see they pull out this protractor and this compass and they <laughs> they do the math. They're like, if I go over two strings and up two frets, they go through this, <laughs> ex- this additional calculation, which to my mind should not be necessary. It will always be necessary for those players until they embark on truly getting to know the fretboard in a linear, in a linear way. And so I show them two, I think it's two exercises on what to do, and they're painful. No one's gonna like doing them. But let I me mean, look at the, the expression on Benny's face right now. That's literally the expression I get when I'm telling people what to do to like to get through that so they can go bing bang bing bang and find that note no matter where they need it. The thing is they won't do it unless they understand the importance of why they should do it. Now you, Shabon, just explain one of those things. So, in a more uh, proper classical setting, right? You the need to know where a particular note is, or have the flexibility of knowing where else that note could be, is important. For a guitar player, they're more likely going to be improvising. So, in an improv, in an improvisal i right, gonna try that again in an improvised
3: <laughs> Im- improvisational. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Improvisational. Yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> we'll late. Say that. It's late. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. You're playing over chords. Chords contain notes. And if you match the notes, I know. Right. And if you match those <laughs> notes, you're going to make the strongest connection to those chords. Right, so
0: Is that the chordal scales that Carol K keeps yelling at me about? Because she told me that, because I learned all these scales from all the metalheads, that that was dumb and that really all I needed to know was the chordal scales, but I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I think
1: I know where she's going with that. It's not exactly the same,
0: but, but here's what, here's, let's take a, uh,
1: an example of, um, we'll go from E minor to A major, okay? So E minor contains three notes, E, G, and B, and A major contains A, C sharp, and E. If you're improvising over that, there is a scale that will work with that. You could use E Dorian, and that will, that will cover your ass for everything. But for any given chord, you have three notes, and a scale contains seven. So the, the, the odds are not stacked in your favor to just think in a scale-based way. You're going to hit more weak notes. If you do that, than you are strong notes. So if you know where the notes of the E minor chord are, regardless of where you are on the fretboard, even if you had one string, if someone snipped all your strings except one, you should still be able to play uh, a strong musical phrase based on the chord that you're playing over, like recognize the host, right? If you show up to someone's house, you don't not say hi. So it's sort of like not playing the notes of the chord. Don't not say hi. Don't not double negative, right? <laughs> so that's what i uh, the way I look at it is knowing the notes is not just to know them, you know, it's so that, you can make the strongest statement you can over that chord. If your band fell asleep or passed out in midway on a performance live, would your audience still understand the chord progression that you're playing over based on your note choice? If not, they're getting they're not getting their their money's worth. That's interesting.
2: Who were we talking to recently who who said that if you took the backing away from even the most epic of like rock solos, it would sound like crap? because they're so dependent on the the accompaniment. Who was it? It was, it was a recent guest. Um, it might have been Richard. It might have been Richard Shaw. He was saying that, like, he's like, if you took away the backing to Stairway to Heaven and you just had the solo, you'd be so confused. Yeah. You'd be so confused. So that's an interesting thing. Well, yeah, yeah, that, we were there. talking about
3: arrangement, I think, and yeah. the, the importance of that, yeah.
2: Now, Jimmy does touch
1: upon some of the key notes. Like, when that goes to the F chord, right, he, he, he finishes that initial pentatonic run in A minor, but he knows to not land on that E. Right When that F chord hits, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hit the F. So he does. There's There are moments where he does do exactly what we're referring to.
0: Mm-hmm. C- can I share something, though, that I learned from Marty Friedman? Sure. Because I hit a lot of bad notes. But what I do is I just bend it until it sounds good. So I don't have to know any of those things you're talking about. All I need to know is hit one of those notes. And if it's one of the four that's wrong, just bend it. It's the Zen of Marty. It's just a, whether it's a half half step or a whole step, one, one of them is going to hit.
3: Well, I think the point is to have the knowledge to do everything intentionally. So it's OK to hit a wrong note. But as long as you it's got the proper intention, I suppose, yep. you call you it know, jazz,
0: yep. it's just jazz. <laughs>
3: any, any That's note, when it's
0: proper. Any note
1: could be thought of as a chord, a chord tone. If you think about well, it. Well, right?
3: sure. So, yeah, it could be a 13 or a whatever.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. So there are no wrong notes, as, as everyone likes to say, but there are probably better notes at certain times.
3: So, right. Anyway. But of course, more importantly, it's it's best to know your, your fretboard so that you have the freedom to like easily improvise or know where you want to go or yeah. find things quickly. I mean, that's part of mastering your instrument.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's one thing I try to impress upon people who are getting to the point where they're getting past just learning songs. Right. And I encourage that at first as a teacher, I I don't force any of that. I'm like, what initially made you want to pick up the instrument in the first place? Because we're going to do that. And they're like, cool. Right. Because they're like, I thought I was going to learn Mary had a little lamb. And I thought it was going to be, you know, like taking piano lessons or something where you have to go through this series of things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to learn what you want to learn. Everything else is going to be natural curiosity once you get hooked.
0: But, But let's say I come to you. I just got my first Fender Squire. And you're like, what made you want to play? And I say, "Uh, Tim Henson from Polyphia. (laughs) Your move.
1: Okay, here's one note. Make sure that that note sounds like Tim Henson, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, within context. How do you
0: take all the soul out of a note? No, just kidding. He's great.
1: The answer? The answer? Don't bend it.
2: (laughs) Okay. Don't be a boomer, apparently, right? Yeah, Boomer fans. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I, I think it's, it's very interesting. So I want Kelly and one of the things I respect about him. And I will say this. He gave me I took lessons from him. He gave me some of these uh, alternate picking exercises because I learned from the school of James Hatfield where it's just like down is the only way um, <laughs> with string skipping and all that sort of stuff. And at first I'm like, how would you ever play this fast now that it's like a year and change later? I'm shredding because of this dude. So like, and, and I'm terrible. So I, I, I say that to everybody. Like that that's important. But I want to ask you. So you're from the old school, all right? So like Kelly, when he, he play when he plays on Lost Symphony, for everyone to know, he does those in takes. It's not like it's comped together like some of the stuff that Corey and I do, where it's like, okay, play it five times. We'll get this part. We'll get that part. It's that 17 note run was going to be that third harmony. Kelly literally just goes, okay, it's a 10 minute song. All right, let's start at zero. Just play <laughs> <"Pup,"> till it's <laughs> right. Now we're in this world with all these insane Instagram guitarists that yeah. have crazier technique by the time they're seventeen. I mean, I see these younger and younger, like I'll see like I saw some pretty goth girl today playing this insane Ingve meets Jeff Loomis, but then she's picking with her with her fingers, but then holding I'm, I'm like, how did they learn this technique? How do you feel as someone that has literally run for 25 years every morning to become an Olympic athlete versus these people that aren't even alive for the 10,000 hours that are playing like this on the internet.
1: I feel fine. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be, I mean, look at it this way. If you're, and I, I haven't watched hockey in 30 years, literally, but that's sacrilegious, right? Gretzky?
0: How they not kick you out of Canada? I'll make it up. <laughs>
1: I'll make it <laughs> up to
0: you, right? Oh, Tim, oh, there you go. It. Tim, Tim. Hortons, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Jo- uh, th- it
2: was your civic duty or something. I don't That's know. That's right. There's well. my mugshot, all right? So
1: Gr- <laughs> <laughs> Gretzky, <laughs> Gretzky was the guy. But how many generations did it take before he was okay compared to, oh, God, uh, Sidney Crosby or what? whoever has come since then? That are people like, no, that guy is now, like, the guy, so it's sort of like, it's sort of like that. Whenever a newer generation of players comes through, that's stunning. I don't get to the point where I'm like, oh screw that, that you know, or I don't get discouraged or anything. It's sort of like, wow, that's amazing. Um, technically, I'll, I try to find something to appreciate from it. Do they have an album out? Probably not. You know what I mean? You know, how's their songwriting? Right. So you can have all the chops in the world, you can be the most dazzling player. But nobody really has the full picture, like the full enchilada.
2: When you hear some of these these new players and, and you know, speaking of like Polyphia and those bands that are really kind of they, you know, they, they flip technique on its head uh, in a way that was never done previously. Is there anything that you find that inspires you to like at this point in your, you know, career as a guitarist that is a new kind of feature of guitar that you're discovering?
1: Not so much a new feature I'm just looking to improve uh, on my personal articulation of ideas as opposed to trying to cram as many clever ideas as possible like a lot of what I hear in like the modern space is like technically phenomenal but a lot of it I wouldn't actually listen to because it sounds like a million great ideas in 30 seconds and I'm like, any one of those ideas could be a song, man, you know, chill out, (laughs) chill out. Everyone's trying to out clever. It seems to me that they're trying to out clever the next guy and they're achieving it. Right. And their, their level of, of abilities going through the roof, that part I, I admire. I'm like, that's like, you guys are insane. But as a, as a piece of music, what I sit and listen to it, once maybe (laughs) right but
3: (laughs) well i think that's 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 the current culture that everything's so myopic you know with like short form content and everything it's like all about cramming into a very small period of time all the things because that's about as much attention span as you're going to get but you're right if you zoom out and look at the big picture it's like what well what function does that serve in the actual world of music Mm -hmm. of songs of songwriting of phrases of you know so that makes a lot of sense
1: exactly so and to answer another uh, aspect of your initial question, I'm also going to be starting an Instagram page uh, based on short you know, guitar licks, just kind of like what we're talking about. But I just thought I've got some ideas for that space that uh, I'm not seeing in some of the other, other sites that are out there. So I will be doing that as well.
3: that's awesome well that's like I mean as a violinist that's one thing that I think is cool about guitar is the idea of licks you know it's like something that you you guys are all learning licks and I don't even know what the proper definition of a lick is but I like the idea of it because in violin everything's like so long you know I mean you don't learn just little like here's a snippet of something cool that you could play that just doesn't exist in the violin world at least not the classical violin world you know
1: in well in learning some of of those pieces I, I, I agree there isn't really a lot of Um, repetition in terms of like parts that, that come back, right? Like I just sort of relearned partita number three, Mm. like front to back. I learned it years ago, played it for a little bit, moved on to something else, forgot chunks of it, um, became dissatisfied with that and relearned it again. And there are parts that actually do reoccur, but they, they reoccur in a different key maybe. And by the time you hear it again, you forgot the first time right That's so a it's a like, summary
3: of classical music in yeah, general <laughs> it's like
1: a chorus that comes back but the core the first chorus was so long ago that you forgot what is sounded like right so there's parts like that and i would consider them licks in a way um a lick would be to me um a musical like phrase or so- something that could be uh, morphed into other things changed in, in ways.
0: Can I can I recommend based on um, all that we've learned about everyone's attention span that you record on behalf of us as uh, as I keep tell I keep telling Siobhan every day that we're content creators before anything yeah and once we start tell you're a content creator I get a call and from Ben an every day about
3: this <laughs> second
0: <laughs> but that's how you're going to be successful yeah. but I I would encourage you to re- to record uh, that song send it to me. I'll have Siobhan and Marco and Susanna play on it. You guys all film yourselves and I'll cut it up into little forty-five second <laughs>
3: chunks. You're saying all nine of by it?
0: sixteen. So that no, no it'll scary. go back and forth from you. But we'll we'll com- we'll oh, invite I each other as collaborators on the internet so that we can share our social media and break the algorithm together. And we'll we'll realize that what we did with Lost Symphony, where we basically created this super virtuosic music. With Kelly, which, by the way, I want to say to everyone watching and listening that Kelly was the guy that we found. I found. I take credit for him completely, all of his skill and for Canada, everything. I take credit for it. I found <laughs> well, I'm like him. The
3: sixth level and, of a different story we, right hold on,
0: now. On, but, but I put him against every single one of my heroes on my mixtape growing up on Lost Symphony. So Marty Friedman, the Jeff Loomis, Nuno Bettencourt, Alex Skolnick, all these incredible people. And every single time, Kelly never let me down. I, uh, there was never a time where he like, composed a solo. I'm like, okay, Marty Friedman, Nuno, Richard Shaw, Alex Skolnick are all going to do solo, so this better be good. Never once did Kelly ever submit anything that wasn't as good, if not quietly, as the Jewish mother in the corner, better than a lot of the other people that you, you know already. Like, I want to know... What, what do you do? Like, what do people like that want, aspire to be that level of mesmerizing where you transcend 60 year olds that don't even know what, a, you know, shred guitar, is. like shred, is that a cheese? Like, what, what do you do to become mesmerizing, Kelly? How, are, why are you so mesmerizing?
1: I don't know. All I can tell you is that I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So take another piece, right? take another piece i get the email from ben or was it a phone call it just it sounded like yelling in my head both
0: oh yeah no probably both i hammered it home and- you're
2: referring to take another piece off of chapter uh three chapter right? three yep chapter so- three of lost symphony at lossymphony.com that's what you're referring to right
3: Yes, and go to the YouTube yes. to see Kelly playing. We've got a great music Lost video. Lost Symphony Music.
0: Lap. So, YouTube slash, dot com slash Lost Symphony Music. Go, go listen to everything and, and subscribe. Please subscribe <laughs> and, and hear what Kelly's doing. Continue.
1: <laughs> so, I get, I get the info. I get the word that it's going to be, you know, Marty Friedman, Alex Skolnick, Richard, and Nuno. And I'm like, okay. Now we've reached a level of ridiculous where I'm looking over at my record collection and going, I'm about to play with my record collection here, like contribute to a song based on what I've been listening to for the last 30, 35 years, like bizarre. So a lot of players, what they would do is they would go, Holy crap. It's Marty Friedman and Nuno. I better just, I better just run in there gunning. I'm going to run in there gunning and I'm going to show them that I can play crazy, you know, arpeggios and all this stuff. And I thought, they would hate that they would absolutely hate that if i did that they'd be like this guy's just trying to like this guy's just trying to like get our attention and he's not really adding it to anything so what i did and i do this with every single song i step back and i go what's being said and what what's needed and if the opportunity arises can i throw a couple of extra volleys of stuff in there that you know showcases what i do or whatever So that's why when you see my little segment on that or hear it, it doesn't sound like I'm trying to outshine Nuno who just came before me and good luck with that anyway, or Marty who comes in right after me. It's sort of like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm the baton in the relay race. Nuno handed it to me. I run with it for a second. I'm going to hand it to Marty and I want it to be a cohesive thing that even if you can't see who's playing what, it sounds like, a story it sounds like a continued adventure as opposed to like oh okay this guy's obviously you know overzealous and you know <laughs> you yeah. know just full of piss and vinegar just to show off to his heroes or whatever And it was that that's never um the consideration with this with these pieces
2: yeah well that comes through because taking of a piece to this day is, is still one of our more consistent like you know tracks that Mm -hmm. that are available people are listening to it more and more you know obviously the name power brings people in but it wouldn't have this staying power if it wasn't written in that kind of you know the way that it is very cohesive there is a there's melody there's parts it doesn't just sound like a a backing track with people ripping over it exactly Mm -hmm. the greatest
0: uh, compliments to to kelly is because obviously there's there's a lot of comments on that song over, I think it's in the thousands at this point. And you know, it's like, Oh, Marty's the best or Nuno's the goat. Or, you know, a few of them are like, Alex Goldnick's so good. I wish he played metal more and stop talking. I I love you, Alex, but that's what they say. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But everyone like, like 25 down, there'll be one that says like, who's the guy that looks like a Viking, which is Richard Shaw. Like that guy's like, like, Amazing. He's like David Gilmore, but shreddier, but so tasty. And then we'll get like, is that is that Johnny Winter? Like who's that? Like Jerry Cantrell dude? Who's who's Blondie? There's a lot of Blondies on there. Yeah. Like the thing. who's Blondie? They're like that guy is. Ridiculous. I can't tell you. Like so, there's just all this back and forth of who of these guys are the best. But then every once in a while, someone will just notice you or Richard out of nowhere and just be like, but yo blondie or viking dude and because you're still on the same song as these guys and i'll tell you that in in a hundred years no one's gonna say oh my god that guy's better than that like you're on the same as far as i'm concerned we have three albums chapters one two and three which you can find on lost where we basically almost 25 times but uh put kelly against jimmy bell from autograph who's like the <laughs> fastest lefty that lost out to zach wilde and ozzy but could have easily done
2: it easily like literally you always say lefty jimmy's one of the fastest players i've ever seen in my life i, I don't even know a right-handed player that can compete yeah but, <laughs> but
0: that's why that's what i'm saying he's the <laughs> fastest i've seen that's a lefty unequivocally other than conrad simon who's also on chapter one from canada
3: <laughs> so you just dismissed Corey's comment
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah no i'm ignoring it um jeff <laughs> loomis again satchel nuno court. ollie herbert our good friend from all that remains the funny part is is that kelly and myself, weren't even familiar with Ollie's playing. So like having Kelly like sniff out Ollie and Ollie sniff out Kelly being like, wow, that was really cool that, that Dorian thing he did. Oh, and then Kelly will like sense, it's a, it was amazing to watch because it's like we were discovering these amazing players together. And like, what a great experience to oh, totally. for me as a producer, having this idea to have all these crazy guitar players play and then I find the sickest, like literally the guy like, again, white man can't jump. Like, oh yeah, pick out any dude. Let's play some basketball. And then you just go hustle him. Like, yeah, find any any guy, like you're sitting over there in the corner in the sandbox, like whatever, like just minding yourself. Take that, take Blondie over there. Take Blondie. And you just pick up the guitar (laughs) and just murder their faces. Tell Tim Henson how to play. I have these fantasies.
1: That's funny, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> Siobhan's taking notes. Oh, my God. He just <laughs> said murder face. <laughs> what not to say in the next episode? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. The whole the whole thing, the whole body of work has just been like, I, I think people, they look at us and they're like, how the God, fuck are you guys pulling this off? Like, you know, I can't get. I can't get my, my local, whatever to pay attention to me. How are you guys getting these guys to pay attention to you to the degree of like actually going and participating with this? And I'm like, well,
2: Ben is beating them down emotionally until they agree. Right. <laughs> right? And then there's Benny who is relentless.
1: Guerrilla
3: warfare. Yes,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> right.
1: But kind of cool that the, the business cards, that that you know, ropes with a lot of these initial guys in were just the first few tunes that we did. Right? Here's what we do. Yeah. And they took the time to listen to it and went,
0: Huh, all right. I'll tell you the two songs. If people want to go back and find them leave well enough alone off chapter two was the first song we ever did and then catnip high off mm-hmm. chapter one which is the only major song we had for the first group of tunes that's
3: but, one that i show everybody whenever like I, you know not talked about enough by the way like we i feel like we never mentioned that song but i always show that song to anyone when i'm telling them about lost symphony it's one of my favorites
1: yeah, yeah it's same true sure. same
3: i will say i hadn't met conrad
0: like even talked to conrad simon who's on that song and Kelly, and they just arranged these parts. And I literally, Kelly and I, uh, I mean, Corey and I would sit and talk to each other like, are these guys even real? Like, how could, like, we would sit there and try to take it apart and be like, if we were going to fake what these guys were doing, how do we do it? Corey's like, I could probably record it one note at a time. <laughs> like, uh, like, that's, this is like at the beginning of all the, pro- so like, you can do it now. Like, you can obviously yeah. fake it because anything can be done. But like, when we started doing Lost Symphony, like, over half a decade ago which is crazy to think over half a decade ago we literally sat there and we didn't know if you guys were real like that's how insane the guitar playing is and since then like that's become the bar with instagram but like we had the original instagram with lost symphony with conrad simon and uh, kelly with Ca- uh, catnip pie go check it out it's great it's major very major. ionian
2: very yeah. very ionian so ionian so ionian the cool thing about that song that I don't know if we talked about on the, the previous time that you were on with us Kelly is the, is that that intro that mm-hmm. was originally just I believe just a, an accompaniment to a, another you know part of the song and uh, we ended up just being like that. Hey, it's, that has to be on its own. Kind of similar to what we did with Siobhan's uh, string arrangement in Requiem, where we were like, "This part's too good to get either not used or buried. It has to exactly. have its own moment in the in the sun." That was a fun part to uh, to come up with because I was
1: like, "Okay, major key. I'm hearing something uplifting and epic." And honestly, so I know Benny, you've made the comment. Oh, that's you know that's your Brian May moment. And I'm like, I wasn't thinking Brian May at all. I was thinking more, what would Steve Vai do? Because those layers and the way that, you know, like when the melody starts to to dovetail each other, right, the harmonies will go like this. And and I was like, something. that's something I would have heard on like Passion of Warfare back in the day. He used to do a lot of uh, melodic layering and stuff like that. Uh, But I got to say, I mean, just when I finished it and I, I, I stopped and I was like, I think I giggled a little bit because I was like, I can't believe I can't believe that, you know, I came up with something so happy sounding (laughs) and and
0: don't hate it.
1: Right. And that's a rare
3: moment in our world. (laughs) Totally is.
0: Well, secretly, it's like everybody like there's so many people that come on to Lost Symphony and it's like quietly everyone's favorite. Like it's really a song that Mm -hmm. when people who go deep into our catalog, I always get that catnip high song is really cool because it it's not like gloom and doom where it's like the long way for the end you know like you know like, like most of our songs are which are pretty apocalyptic and very metal like we will work backwards from evil names so like the, the the way we got catnip high was like i sent something to kelly and conrad not even thinking it was really a good tune and they came back with the most insane guitar parts and my cat was high as fuck on catnip <laughs> and was dancing around to the mix in my living room and all of us had cats and i was like oh Brian has a cat. Yep. Kelly has a cat. I have a cat. I'm pretty sure Conrad has a cat. Maybe. We should just make it a cat. Catnip high. Catnip high. And like, yep. But my cat was so psyched. And that's how I feel every time I listen to the song. It's like I can imagine everybody dancing around because it's uplifting. And it's like, it's so beautiful like that I... I feel the same way as I do when I hear I want to dance with somebody who loves me by Whitney Houston where I'm just like dancing behind people like in line at Bank of America. I don't even care because I'm excited because <laughs> it's Whitney Houston and it's making my soul feel good and it's just that baseline. That's how totally. I feel about Catnip Pie. That's our Whitney Houston it's I so want to dance with somebody who loves me.
1: <laughs> Kid, well, if it's cat, it's Kidney. I had to pull one out. I had to pull one out. Dead, dead jokes end here.
0: But, that, that that joke just got renal. God, all right.
3: <laughs> away, away from the cat jokes and all that. Well, so we, I mean, we started the conversation with talking about your YouTube channel for, you know, common guitar things that you learned. Were, were there any other, um, you know, things that you wanted to touch on there or some other projects that you're working on? I mean, that's.
1: Yeah, I've, well, I actually just recently got into uh, getting my own website together. And the idea is, and it's up, I haven't announced it. I haven't like put it out there, but it's up there. And I'm, I'm just happy. I was able to .dot com my own name. Amazing. No one else has my name. I'm pretty sure. So that's not difficult, (laughs) but you know, you can, you can imagine how, uh, how difficult it is to to get a good website or whatever. Anyway, so my name.com and it's basically, it's going to be a hub for everything. So it'll be links to the YouTube page. It's going to be, I'm going to put a podcast page. So basically, I'm going to link all like the podcasts that we've done together, all the ones that I've done. They're all going to eventually be on that page. Um, uh, links to the tunes, uh, typical website sort of stuff, but I want to be active on it enough where you know, at anyone who Googles the name can find, You know, if they come at me from Negus, they're going to find Sound Chaser, and they're going to find Lost Symphony and everything else. So I got that up and running, and uh, web design is definitely interesting. Um, <laughs> and a little did you design talk.
3: it yourself or did you get did you get help to to put it together like how did you design it
1: i did it myself but I'm, I'm not a web designer per se like i don't know anything about it in it in the abstract but the the programs that you can use nowadays to to put a website together there's a lot of uh programs that are really intuitive and and uh they're kind of like i guess they're sort of like training wheels for for putting a, a website together and you know I, I picked away at it for a couple months, and then, and uh, that's that's about it. Um, so the website is up. Uh, what else is going on? Where where is your website? What is it? Kellycaroluck.com.
0: dot <laughs> We've established,
3: as mentioned, he got
0: his name, <laughs> but we can't we can't spell that. That's spelled no. weird and Canadian
1: like. It's very weird and Canadian like. Actually, that's kind of funny. My relatives, almost all of them,
0: on my dad's side. Um, they actually take the I out of the last name. Save your, a lot of grief and years of mispronunciation. <laughs>
1: they take it out. Cause they're like, you know what? Every time I pick up the phone, it's, Hey, is Mr. Kareliak there or Curlyuk or whatever, <laughs> you know? So they're like, you know what? We're just going to jettison the I. And if you can't pronounce that, you got an issue. So it's, yeah, it's Kelly, like a girl's name.
0: K-E-L-L-Y. Yeah.
1: K-E-R-E-L-I-U-K. I, I'm brave. I kept the I.
0: <laughs> you should just put the like, the little weird thing over it, like the right. upside down comma, sideways comma or whatever it is. That sure. gives like it's up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then I'll know like Like the
3: Motley Crew.
0: Like I oh, obviously wouldn't pronounce yeah. it right if it didn't have the two little dots.
3: What is it? An umlaut <laughs> or whatever? That's it.
1: Yeah. So I was trying to think of the name of that thing. That's right. Of course.
2: Being... A full-time musician and you know doing the lessons playing playing in bands doing all that stuff you know maybe it'd be cool to get your your take on you know being your own boss and kind of running your life as a business and web design being one of the things that you know small business owners have to kind of deal with and learn but there's a million other things that we have to deal with um you've been you know doing this for a while like how have you kind of developed your system uh one thing at a time (laughs)
1: <laughs> literally i mean a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, people who do a lot of things um especially nowadays with with you know if you have a lot of things that are online and, and web-based a lot of them honestly they hire someone they'll hire someone to take care of the website they don't want to deal with it or hire their you know someone for their social media if they're if they're big enough which i'm not i'm still able to manage all my stuff without any big deal but You know, when you get to the hundreds of thousands of followers, a lot of of them don't do their own social. They just hire someone to do it. And, you know, then there's that aspect they don't have to worry about. Um, So honestly, it's just a matter of um, focusing on one main thing at a time for a while and then have your, your satellite things that you touch upon until that main thing is done. And then you shift to do something else. So it's never just one thing at a time. Literally, it's one main thing, and then the other stuff around it you touch upon uh, until everything starts to, you know, come up.
3: Well, you're cl- really good at managing it because, I mean, I see you, you release videos on you know all the time, and you're playing in bands, and you're doing all sorts of things. So, I mean, what does a day look like for you to to get out all the things or accomplish all of the different things that you need to do?
1: Well, luckily none of those things are super active all at once. So, you know, if you like the introduction, there you guys at Lost Symphony, Prism Mind, you know, four or five bands. Luckily they're not all super active all at once. I can, I can put one on priority for a bit knowing that the other one is at a different stage. Um, So thank goodness for that. Or else, you know, my answer would probably be,
0: is this a good time to tell you that we have a bunch of songs with Lost Symphony that we're working on right now, and we're going to need <laughs> you to play on them? Like, it is a good time. The soonest, the soonest, the soonest future, so that people know we yeah. uh, have been working on a song called the the beginning of the end, which is like this grand twelve and a half minute crazy idea that I had. And it's past that. Corey and I are I, yeah. Corey and I are going down next month to to Florida to finish the drums with Shannon Larkin who's like making a guest rhythm uh, thing because he's awesome with that. So that song's not done. But in the meantime, I decided to write a bunch of tunes and I sent them out to Siobhan and I was like, "Here, here's more tunes. And they're like way shorter and catchier and like easier for people to understand in this very myopic world. And I'm like, yeah, we should make this into a record and have Kelly and Hector play on it together with Marco and Siobhan and Susanna just shredding so that we can make awesome co- content for our YouTube. Yeah. So that we can, or, uh, or
3: to just record songs, or just to record, yeah. Yeah. And the end result should be the song, correct?
0: I would think so. Yeah, song, absolutely.
3: But ben it, is like so that we can cut it up and create some awesome yes. content.
0: Yeah, minute by minute, <laughs> minute <laughs> by minute. Let's make go. songs
3: so we can have short form content. Here's, here's what
0: you guys have to understand, though. The thing that you have to do from now is have a static camera, so that you can put auto reframe in Premiere or any of your possible so basically it'll immediately put you in the middle of the screen so when you do the the up and down phone nine by 16 aspect ratio basically turn my 85 inch television this way like it'll automatically put you in the middle of the screen so that you'll be prepared when you're you're thinking you know how is my video going to be the best just know that you're only going to see this of me exactly so you got
1: to plan ahead clearly you have planned ahead so
3: He's been editing a lot of videos into short form content. So
1: <laughs> if you don't have tattoos, you're going to get one. It's going to say 916 16, nine short form. And uh, you're a content creator before anything else. Uh, right.
0: Accurate. I say that to myself in the mirror every day.
1: <laughs> a typical, a typical day would start with uh, a practice session. Surprise, surprise. And usually on acoustic. Um, I, I try to make a you know concerted effort to not have that be a weakness. Uh, a lot of electric players, once you put an acoustic in their hand, they're like, Bring! right, Or they go into Wonderwall or something. I wanted to be able to uh, stay fluent in that, and obviously that helps your electric playing. So my first practice session of the day typically is acoustic, either you know classical pieces or uh, some of the bluegrass repertoire I'm trying to uh, build up. Uh, and then from there, it's just, you know, take a look at what needs to be done during the week and, and start, you know, planning and, and, and making steps towards it. So it's different every week. It's different every day. Honestly, it, I don't have a standard answer. It's sort of like people say, do you have a practice routine? I'm like, no, I just, make, <laughs> I just make practice a routine.
2: Right. So how are you organizing your schedule that is so different every week? It depends how immediate the deadline is.
1: To be honest with you, right? So if, if like a sound chaser thing comes my way, um, like the other week, uh, Art sends me a track and he's like, oh, Marco Miniman just played on this one. Can you put a solo on it? And uh, I want to start mixing it because we're almost done album number three. I'm like, when do you need it? He's like, yesterday. <gasps> so then I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna get it done this week. So, right. So it depends, but that that, that will take the, the precedent. That will take the priority. And, um, and then my practice will center around that end, right around that, that job. So I'm not going to practice the usual stuff. I'm going to practice stuff that I'm going to need to pull off what I want to do for the solo on that.
3: So can you give an example? So if you have to do a solo, like what, what would be the practice that you're doing to help you be primed for that solo? Cause I'm curious as someone that doesn't really solo a lot, what, what does that look like?
1: Uh, usually it's just, it, it's um how would i put it it's reinforcing the basic techniques that i know i'm going to use there's always something that i'm going to pull out of the hat that i don't know i'm going to use until i go hey that thing is going to be what i need for this section but generally speaking i'll work on i'll work on things for the right hand like for picking uh which will if you really want to you know get specific will be a lot of string crossing exercises so going between down on on, a, on say the second string and up on the first and getting better at the movements required to do that well uh economy also, picking no well generally i hardly <laughs> ever no I, honestly my it's, economy picking well, no, I
0: isn't that when you go like up up like isn't that what the economy because i'm learning some stuff where, yeah isn't that what you were saying like to do string skipping but then to also like go from up to down or down to up well, yeah, to, to, to no, cross, to,
1: to do, well, th- economy picking is like alternate picking on a single string, but when you go to the next adjacent string, you follow through with the same pick stroke if possible. It's not always possible, but honestly, I don't very, I don't do that very much. It's just not something I've practiced a lot. So my playing tends to be a combination of more alternate with legato kind of stuff and sweet picking here and there. But ba- basically I'll, I'll take the basic techniques and I'll find the hardest parts of those techniques And I'll like, like juice from concentrate, right? It's like, it's the main stuff that makes that juice what it is. That's how I'll work on my practice stuff. I'll go, okay, here's this technique that has different, you know, elements to it, but what are the ones that are giving me the most grief? And I'll zero in on those and practice them. And usually it's completely unsexy, like to go back and forth between two strings over and over and over again, you know, is sort of like anyone watching you would be like, Get this guy a straitjacket, right? He's clearly out of his mind. But, you know, you can get a lot done in a, in a short amount of time if you concentrate your efforts on what really, really needs the work. And honestly, a lot of it is like it's very, very small things. Two notes. Two notes is usually the problem out of a 10-note phrase if you're having an issue. It's usually what goes on between that note to that note. It might be your left hand. It might be your right hand. But it's usually... One little thing so that's what i try to do when when i'm practicing for a recording i'll go and and focus on those elements
3: yeah no that's an interesting perspective it's very cool well it's sort of i
1: guess it would be sort of prescriptive right like if you were to teach someone how to play you know the the third measure of of partita three right that that constant melody that with the Mm -hmm. pedal pedal tone right and they're having trouble getting between the two strings with the bow You know, how would you recommend that they they fix that, right? You would probably go, okay, well, if it's just going between those two strings, here's a little mini exercise you can come up with that will fix that one. It's not the whole lick. It's just that one little element, right? And you get more done in a short amount of time when you zero in.
3: Yeah, condensing it down to what it, what is the essential problem. You know, you kind of eliminate all of the extra stuff that's getting in the way of w- what you need to focus on, which, yeah, in the violin example would be like, all right, don't even do the left hand, just work on the right hand. Get exactly. get the coordination of the bow, and, you know, then add the left hand. Yeah, exactly.
0: I can play the pentatonic scale. <laughs> Like a mofo. I've heard it, man. <laughs> I've heard it. Well, it's, it, it's, it's crazy, though, because I, I, I go now and I, I try to learn these exercises because I will say, and thank you, Kelly. I actually did take lessons from Kelly for a while, and I do the neurotic guitars. And I was embarrassed with my playing because I'm like all the time. People are like, play these guitars. I'm like yelling about them. So now I have to play for a bunch of people, and I'm like really self-conscious, and I never pretend like to anybody that I think I'm any good. But I've gotten so much better because of some of the simple things that Kelly's talking about. So for example, just finding the two notes that are wrong and then slowing down and just working on like four notes at a time, two notes at a time. And like, I meticulously have gone through a few things and it's like, at first, like a lot of the stuff that, you know, you'll learn from Kelly when you play it slow, it sounds completely like a different thing than when you play it fast. You don't necessarily hear what it really sounds like until it's fast. So like I have played some of the things that Kelly taught me in those first lessons and it's like a year and a half later I'm like, did Kelly just come through the DI box? Just for a moment. Not for like more than like two notes, but for those two notes, All right. I can sell, I sound like Kelly. And I, I have to tell you, it, it's really helped my playing to focus on just that stuff. And I can't explain to people how important it is to stop trying to hack through things, but to really just figure out That's the big thing. It's
1: awareness and intent. A lot of players, they're aware that something's wrong, but their awareness is not tweaked to the point where they can tell what is wrong. And -hmm. until that is achieved, it's still going to be, you know, slap city for that thing, whatever that, that thing is. So it's, it's like uh, self-awareness in any day, day to day life, right? Like if you don't realize that uh, you you might have a little bit of bo when you're walking around in a mall and someone you know looks at you look kind of funny because they smell you but no one else but you don't know that you smell right you don't have that self awareness you're just going to think that guy's you know being a jerk <laughs> <That's true. laughs> right
0: so so what you're saying is don't be that guy
1: don't be that guy yeah self awareness it, it's it definitely plays a, a role in in music and. And uh, well, maybe not directly music, but indirectly in your development.
3: Yeah. Well, it's also focused because I remember being in music school, you know, and there was this thing where it's like who practiced the most, like the pe- everyone was like ready to talk about, oh, I was in the practice room for six hours today or seven hours today. And, you know, I, re- I don't remember which violinist it was. Maybe it was Itzhak Perlman, but, you know, I somebody that's a great violinist said, you know, it really isn't essential to play more than like three hours a day. Like, it, you know, and that like that's at the top end, you know, if you're super focused and you divide it up properly and you're like really only working on this stuff and not just like playing, you know, for the purpose of like repetition and like not mindful playing, you know, yes. it's you're actually doing yourself a disservice to spend all these extra hours doing something that doesn't have a direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you can practice six hours a day you can have two people that practice 6 hours a day and one of them is going to have more awareness of their issues than the other one. Focus, you can only focus on what you're aware of. So, the awareness comes first, the focus comes in second to sear it to sear it in, right? But whoever's the most aware of their issue is going to end up with the better result at the end. And the person, you know, who swears that they practice 6 to 8 hours a day and is getting nowhere according to them, what they've probably done is attempted what they're playing for six to eight hours. Yeah. Right. Attempted it, lunging at it. Like I'm going to get it on, uh, you know, um, eventually.
0: And can I tell you how you, how I've, I learned from Mike Wallace, like old school, Mike Wallace interview with Vladimir Horowitz, one of the greatest pianists that has ever lived. His version of Hungarian Rhapsody has ravished my mind many a times on psychedelic drugs. He's great. <clears throat> anyway he's dead but he, he was great but but vladimir horowitz was one of the greatest pianists and he's sitting there doing an interview with uh with mike wallace and, and mike wallace asked him like so how often do you practice and how do you know you're if you're getting any better and his wife chimes in she goes i know when he's wrong and, she, and then he asked her do you know how to play piano she goes no but i know when he's wrong and that's what I encourage people to do. Surround yourself with people who literally not only <laughs> don't give a fuck that you're the greatest pianist in the world, that literally tell know enough about it to tell you you're wrong. And that's how you become as good as Kelly.
1: Or you could just <laughs> avoid the stress and be your own wife. Be <laughs> 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 <You're, you're laughs> your own devil on the shoulder going, no, no, no. Like, I, don't
0: I don't have that type of <laughs> self restraint. Yeah, depends, like, "You're doing great, man. You're killing it."
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> yeah, he's got the opposite. You're a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, Kelly. Let me ask you this. So, you said awareness before focus. So, how do you foster awareness? Where does the awareness come from? Is it a teacher? Is it something that people like can practice on their own? Like, how do you get that awareness?
1: Uh, I have a couple tricks, and this has worked for myself. And most of my students who are suffering with this kind of thing or concerned about it, I put myself in a scenario. So the one that I have the most fun telling people about, because you know they're usually students and they're when they hear this one, they're kind of they're kind of humored by it. I go, okay, what's your favorite band? And they'll go, "Uh, whatever, just Metallica. Okay, well, you woke up in the morning and you got an email from Metallica saying we're going to record every note that you practice for the next week and we're going to use it on our new album. doesn't matter if it's fast. doesn't matter. It just, it just has to be good. I go, if you got that email after they stop giggling, I'll ask them, you know, if you got that email, how would you approach your practice that day differently? And, they, and you know, and they're like, well, I would like every note would be, I would be very careful about everything I play because they're going to use it. I'm like, Exactly. So pretend you're getting recorded. It's going through pipes and stuff all the way over to Metallica Central where they're going to put every single note in some fashion or other on their new recording. How would you change the way you practice then?
0: I'd put a wah pedal on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah,
1: wah. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Yeah, just did, Ben. Yeah, just did. (laughs) <laughs> so that scenario i mean putting yourself i mean it's ridiculous but making yourself think in that way all of a sudden you you change like you change you the way that you approach every single thing you might find that you don't make a single mistake like why program mistakes in your playing why you don't have to
3: yeah if you're willing That's- to take enough time yeah absolutely if you're willing to go slowly enough and focus yeah
2: how many students would you say you've had over the years? Oh, my God. Well, I started teaching when I was 16, so that's 31 years
1: I've been teaching. So oh, a man, few? Man. You've had a few uh, students? Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I, I, I don't even want to hazard a guess.
2: My point being, you know, it seems like you have that that tip loaded in the canon. Um, are there other, other things throughout your teaching career that you just know, you know, things that have come up with so many students, you kind of have uh, a, an answer for these kind of Symptoms that they're dealing with, like, is, what, are the, what are the main things that you come across with any student you have, or, or a large majority of the students you have that you always seem to pull out to get them over a hump? A big one is strumming. So
1: even even if if they're you know not lead guitar players or no aspiration for such, they just want to strum uh, certain things. What I try to do is remember what I went through when I was trying to get past that hurdle myself, and with strumming, it was. I always thought it was going to be down, up, down, up, no matter what. So if the rhythm was, I'd go down, up, down, up, down, up, up. You know, I would be like very rigid and very, uh, it just didn't feel right. It didn't sound good. And I'm like, that. I'm, this can't be it because this sounds so relaxed. It sounds so leisurely and simple. Here I am going, like, just trying to play the thing, right? And I'm like, something's got to be wrong. So after watching players, pre-YouTube, obviously, so I'm just watching like hee-haw or whatever, right? (laughs) Watching players. Roy Clark! Right? See, here we go. Buck Owens. Um, You watch them, and even if they're playing the craziest stuff, they're very relaxed, and you just watch their right-hand movement. And you realize, if I were deaf, if I couldn't hear what they were playing, it just looks like this. It's just a pendulum movement. And then it it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, it's just that, but you don't always contact the strings. So the movement is that relaxed thing that we're able to do forever and ever without, without fatigue, but you only contact the strings when you need that chord to be heard. That's why it's down, down, up, up, down. That's why it's not just down, up, down, up. It just so happens that to achieve that rhythm, sometimes the strings are contacted on downs, sometimes it's up, Sometimes it's two ups in a row. Whatever happens, whatever needs to be done to get the rhythm to happen. The point is, is that the movement is a very natural pendulum style. And then that that carries into alternate picking too. That carries into lead playing where the rhythm isn't just, right? Sometimes the rhythm is also broken up and is also, it's still alternate picking, but you leave holes where you need to have holes and you skip pick strokes that you need to skip. It's still... The
2: foundation mm. of it is
1: still that
2: pendulum motion. So it's what you take out. It's not necessarily what you're you're adding to it. Yeah.
3: Interesting. Wow. A lot of great perspectives. I'm learning a lot about there guitar. Go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get
1: you one. Oh, wait a minute. You got plenty of them at home. You got oh, plenty I of at home. Yeah, plenty <laughs> of my home. Uh, yeah.
3: I, I have not <laughs> succeeded at sounding good or being able to remember even chord shapes. I think it's just out of my wheelhouse
2: <laughs> i'll just pretend the stuff you're practicing is going to metallica
1: right yeah <laughs> right yeah.
3: <laughs> i will play Here one note perfectly over and over again <laughs> uh, why don't you just
0: emasculate your husband and learn how to play his instrument better in his own house
3: oh my <laughs>
0: <laughs> doesn't should it brock be
3: better at some things than you like let him have guitar yeah l- I mean, let it let him building have that. desks yeah I, I'm not going to stop on that, but I'm going to let him have that. Fixing oh, BMWs. There. There's a long list <laughs> that he's really good at.
0: That's true. Don't usurp his talent.
3: I will not. <laughs> I will
1: not. I will not cross yeah.
2: that line. So, you know, I'm sure these tips you're sharing with us are going to be all over your, you know, the new website, the new YouTube, the Instagram, everything. Um do you have, you know, you, you mentioned that you're kind of working, but not launching the Instagram and, and stuff like that. And the website, like what's, what's your timeline for getting this stuff out? Is it kind of a leisured pace just as it comes across or do you have a deadline or? I
1: intended to actually have the, <laughs> the new Instagram page out <laughs> last week, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I've got material ready to release. I've got video shot. I've got the tabs written out because I want them to include both. Um, but then I started thinking about the things. I'm like, okay, so now when I go to upload it, I need a name need a name for the thing fa- i'm like do i just use the same as the as the youtube page maybe um how do i want to format it do i want to do video you know how you can do like uh if you were doing a regular post you can put multiple pictures on one post or right. a video and mo- so i'm like do i do that or do i do the tabs in the video i'm, I'm still looking through the lo- like the logistics of things to make it as clean and smooth as possible so i have like standard format that i can use until i feel like changing it so there's just certain things i'm still like mulling over little details but i would say the instagram thing i'm just gonna shit or get off the pot and just do it like in the next week the website is already up it's already up i just haven't said anything publicly about it
2: so by the time this is out that means that you will be up and running so we'll be sure to have link we'll have links to everything in the description below uh, to all the bands, all the Lost Symphony uh, stuff that you've that you've played on. And, and we look forward to doing more, uh, you know, in this coming year. Definitely excited Definitely. about that. Anything else you want to tell our, our several dozen or like so listeners about? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Off the
1: top, I can't think of anything other than watch for Lost Symphony, new music, lostsymphony.com.
0: I want to try a new segment here before we leave. Let's talk about sure. some hot topics. Go for it. What do you think about What do you think about Pantera?
1: Interesting. I, I, w- I was not expecting that question. Um, I love the fact that it's happening, but I I've seen Pantera three times. I don't need to see.
0: With Dimebag, like yeah, not yeah, the yeah. Not the the reunion tribute, no, no, no. not the pantera with vinnie paul and Dimebag bag daryl
1: right i think it's cool and you know they couldn't have picked two honestly people are are bitching about zach i'm like come on give give your head a shake like honestly it he makes the most sense charlie is just killer too he's he's one of the guys in metal that actually has his own sound and feel i can tell charlie i can't tell a lot of the super sample drummers from each other i'm like i don't i don't know they're all the same. But Charlie has a sound. He's got a sound and a feel. It's not the same as Vinny, but it doesn't have to be. It's not going to be. He has got. He knows how to get as close to that and do it justice. So I think Phil picked great guys for it.
0: All right, next hot topic. Yep. Lux Eterna by Metallica. It kind of sounds like whiplash to me, and I want to like it, and I want to welcome it into my heart, but Metallica have let me down, whether it's sonically or or writing-wise, for so many years that I don't know if I should like it, like the Black Album, or dislike it, like Load, or really... How am I supposed to feel about this?
1: Well, considering, I mean, they just released a second single. I haven't heard that yet. The first one, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was like, I secretly found myself just like listening to it, and then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was doing this. (laughs) that's what i did too it was great i think it's i thought it was great like they don't need to prove anything to us anymore they haven't had to prove anything to us in a million years but they they're still doing it and they're still pulling it out you know what i mean like this one touches upon the old school feel and, you know, every album that they've released promises that there's some of that on there. And I don't think the whole thing will be exactly like that. I'm sure there will still be, you know, element, newer elements that they've picked up here and there. But I like where that one was going. And uh, so I, I give it a thumbs up as well.
0: Now, here's hot topic number three. Now, this one's for me personally. Why is Jake, Can you explain as a guitarist why Jakey e Lee actually is as good as Randy Rhodes? Is
1: that a trick question? Like, are you? Are you he's recoiling
0: a little Are you saying bit.
1: he's not? And you, you want me to? Justify no, I, that?
0: I, I really think that he is as good. And in fact, I listened to yeah. Jake Era. so John Denae from from Anthrax yeah. put this thought in my head. He's like, Jake Era, Ozzy is underrated. I think it's better than Randy. Like, well, who would ever say that? And then well, I went back to all my I went back to all my bootlegs, and I compared Mr. Crowley to mr crowley with like randy and all and i couldn't believe how much i was digging these mid-80s jakey lee bootlegs and i found myself not saying that he's better than randy rhodes but thinking to myself he's the most underappreciated guitarist that i didn't know that i loved uh why (laughs) you were alive weren't you (laughs) <laughs> uh, I
1: was, I was. And that's around the time that I started to get into, I'm trying to, tell here. Um, tried to get into, not trying to get into, when I got into Ozzy, it was around that era. And The Ultimate Sin, that was the album. Like Bark of the Moon was, was pretty good. It had obviously Bark of the Moon and, and like Center of Eternity and, and some killer tracks, but sound wise and playing wise, I think Ultimate Sin blows it out of the water. Yeah. He's great, but here's the thing: he's a generation after Randy. Expect improvements. Expect things to be taken to a different level, right? Not hugely far removed from Ozzy or from from Randy. I mean, it was only like four years or something like that, three three years, three or four years. Um, But still, you know, he he came from a generation of um, I'm talking about Jake of not only hearing Randy and guys like that, but he had his own set of influences that would have made him, you know, take the steps that he took to to sound like, you know, uh, the next step after that. Um, have you heard Badlands?
0: Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. But too bad Red Dragon Cartel sucked. Okay, next topic. <laughs> How many topics do we have out of curiosity? This is the last one. <laughs> Are we all good now? We're good. Okay. Um, I (laughs) forgot it real quick. (laughs) You (laughs) forgot the topic. I I was like I I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, what what was what was I? Okay, so yeah, these in a
1: list. You have to to call this one lukewarm topic then, because if you can't think of what it it wasn't that hot, it's not a hot topic. It's lukewarm.
2: (laughs) Is it gone?
3: It's It's gone. Tepid. The tepid topic. (laughs) It escaped.
0: Oh yeah, John Five. John Five is now in Motley Crue. Motley Crue has Vince Neil as a singer. How do you think they're going to sound with John Five?
1: <laughs> he's going to do obviously a great job. Right, like super versatile player and a pro like through and through. So, I, I, yeah, he's going to be great. Like <laughs> what more go. do you need to say? John Five is you know he's going to well, he's going to pull that off.
0: Well, here's anyway. here's my whole thing. I feel like. The rest of Motley Crew are doing what Black Sabbath did when Ozzy was losing his hearing, and nobody wanted to admit that he couldn't sing anything on note. And like Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler and Tony Clefettis, who was playing drums at that moment, uh, all played so stoically as Ozzy sang an entire set exactly a half key off the entire it was a consistently so bad i couldn't believe how bad it was and meanwhile tony Aomi's doing like the solo like for every song like it's the last solo he's ever gonna do and it's like how does these guys how they're so good musically but they're just ignoring what's happening did you when you said that john Five's a pro do you mean that he's able to ignore the talent that has left the singer in his band yeah well, Rob Zombie, <laughs> Marilyn Manson, he's, like, he's gone downhill. Rob Zom- Marilyn Manson, who could kind a of little bit sing. Rob Zombie, who could barely even like scream, to him, like talk to himself. Which, whatever, he's cool though. And now it's gone to Vince Neil, who's just a sh- not even a shadow of himself. He's like a giant potato head version of himself. Okay,
1: well, I'm gonna go back to Rob Zombie for a sec. I saw White Zombie two or th- two times prior to Rob Zombie doing his own thing. Both times, Rob is sick. Right? So he's apologizing, he's he's doing events, he's leaving words out, he's just like every other word kind of thing, things that we expect from, from Vince Neal, right? So I saw Rob Zombie one time on his own, fully expecting the same thing. Uh, much to my surprise, he wasn't sick. <laughs> he nailed it. It was awesome. Every word, full energy, blah, blah, blah. So in those cases of of Rob Zombie, I gotta I gotta like giving props like he can do it when he's able to do it vince i you know what i just i go what else do you have to do like what what's your what else do you got to do in a day other than like maintain that it's you know like why 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 is it so lackluster and i hate saying that because i love motley crew i i wish i i wish i could say that vince you know held up over the years, or, or well, he's,
0: he's got the reverse Aussie because Aussie, you can understand what he's saying when he sings, but when he talks, uh, just, uh, uh, Vince Neil speaks totally normally, like a normal human being that speaks yeah. English. But once he goes on stage, he gets girls, girls, girls wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't know. I am not going to speculate as to why that is. I mean, you could say, oh, it's lazy, or it's he's got a condition, or I don't know. I don't know the reason why. But I am like, man, if you are in that position. If you're in the one of those tier bands and your only job is to, is to, you know, be who you are at the level that you need to be to make it worth the price to pay to go and see you, damn man! Like I'd love to strip away tons of stuff that I don't want to fucking deal with to be able to <laughs> just play at that level or whatever and not have to worry about anything else. So I don't know, but I will say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna redeem Vince on something. I saw a video, um, YouTube video. It was Motley Crue. Now, mind you, it was years ago. It was, I think it, I think it was the Girls, Girls, Girls era. Same thing. That one time I saw it, nailed it. No out of breath. No every second word. I was like watching this whole thing, fully intending to go to bed after after five minutes. I was like, okay, I'm gonna to go to bed. Nope. Watching this set, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. I've seen, I've seen footage earlier. That was sort of like what you would expect. And obviously we've seen stuff more recently. But this performance, and I wish I could find what it was. It was outdoor and it was during the day. That's all I remember. This one video. And I'm just like, friggin' nailed it. Like that's what it should be all the time right there. So he's capable of it. He, I just I, Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't feel the need to.
0: Maybe he's just trolling everybody ever because I I saw all these these videos coming in from Fenway Park. They came and played at Fenway Park and everyone's posting all these songs. And like there's no way that if you like listen to the songs on the video that you could possibly think that this is any representation of like a normal rock and roll band. And everyone's holding up their phones and all that. I'm like, who's trolling who? Yeah. That's my question. Is, is Motley Crue, crue tro, trolling us, charging us $500 a ticket and still sucking? Or are we trolling Vince Neil and just laughing at the fact that he's so shitty? Like, how could he possibly sell out Fenway Park as a bunch of other people are holding up their phones?
1: I, You know what? I think what it comes down to is the recording legacy stands on its own. Fair enough. The recordings that they've done, the albums, the influence they've had. If he feels, or any of them, feel like resting on that, I guess you got to let him do it because, you know, they're great albums. I know I was hooked. That's what got me into play. That's what transitioned me out of Michael Jackson, essentially. I was listening to tons of Michael Jackson, and then I heard something that kind of scared me. (laughs) It was a Motley Crue song. I'm like, I don't know if I should be listening to this. It sounds a little...
0: Is that what he started like dressing from, like from kind of looking like a girl to totally looking like a girl? Was that the transition?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And with that, you've been 2020 Kelly. <laughs> Go check out lost <laughs> com. Kel- Kelly, care luck, but it's with dot com. That's it. Check, stay tuned for his Instagram, which is, I'm sure we'll, we'll have it at the bottom and all that. And thank you, Kelly, for being awesome with Lost Symphony, uh, lostsymphony.com, Lost Symphony Music on YouTube. Go check out chapter one, two, and three, especially Catnip High and Leave Well Enough Alone off chapters one and two, respectively. And Kelly, expect new songs from us, from Lost Symphony to you soon and for everybody else who's listening and watching to hear Hopefully, ASAP.
1: I have cleared my, my inbox for those, so I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Thank
3: you, Kelly. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. guys. Good to see you all again.
3: Yeah, it was and, great to uh, see you. It was awesome.
1: One day in person.
2: Right. right on. Yeah. Check out 2020-d.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you as always for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 165 featuring Steve Stevens of Billy Idol. Check it out. You
0: know, songwriting is is, is very similar to watching a film because... You know, they built in peaks and valleys and like this, all right, there's a Denzel movie and he's just a shootout. And the fighting and all this crap is going, and all hell's breaking loose. And then right after it, it's this lull of the music, kind of chills. Guys laying on the down ground, they're dead. <laughs> you know, they, 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 he saved the girl or whatever. So it's like,
2: it's like a chorus and a, and a verse. It's, I see very, things very similarly so films also uh, affect me and i and i love i love film music
1: as well hey this is aaron from no simple road i'm inviting you to come hang out with apple mel and i as we talk with the musicians artists chefs authors and beyond from the world that turns us on We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.